The easiest thing to do after a breakup is to ruminate over the events that led up to the breakup and play alternative scenarios in your head of how it could have panned out. The hardest thing to do after a breakup is to, well, accept what is and feel all of the feels and keep putting one foot in front of the other. But no matter how hard it may be, we do it anyway, whether you realize it or not. I am about three and a half weeks out of my last relationship and we are about to dive into how I have kept my head high, mostly, and how I am slowly picking up where I left off in singlehood. What is going on, beautiful people? You are listening to the Affirmations for Black Girls podcast, where we focus on personal growth and cultivating a healthy relationship with ourselves. I am your host, Tyra the Creative, actress, content creator, and mental health enthusiast. Now, before we dive into our affirmation of the week, I wanted to briefly speak on failure. I was always the type of girl who thought a relationship ending meant failure. But that is simply not true. Whether you believe it in the moment or not, every relationship you enter into, whether romantic or platonic, teaches you something. Sometimes it's hard to see what that something is, but if you reflect long enough, you will find that lesson. So one day about two weeks ago, I was sitting and I was so deep in my emotions and I heard God say to me, your relationship did not fail. It simply ended. Now, you can call it an epiphany, the universe, or whatever you believe in, but for me, I know that this was God speaking directly to me. So, if you are feeling like you fail because you're no longer in the relationship you thought you'd be in for the long haul, listen to me closely. You are not a failure. Your relationship ending is not a punishment. It is a redirection from God, and your relationship did not fail. It's simply ended. It ran its course, at least for this season in your life. So please rest in knowing that God wants us to have the best life, our plan A. And sometimes that just doesn't look like how our human minds envisioned it to look. Now, I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to y'all and I'm getting a little choked up a little bit because I definitely needed to hear that in this moment. But I have this conversation on repeat right now, and we're just going to hop into our affirmation of the week. This week's affirmation is, I give myself permission to let go. Let's drop in, y'all. I give myself permission to let go. 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 
I give myself permission to let go. Envision what it means to let go. What does that look like? What does that feel like? I give myself permission to let go. Let's say it one last time together and really sit in it and envision what it means to give yourself permission. I give myself permission to let go. Ooh, you guys. I have been saying that to myself and I will be the first to say that especially when we go through the affirmations of the week, I am speaking from a place where this stuff is still feeding my soul just as much as I wanted to feed y'all soul. So this is the affirmation that I have been sitting with for the last three weeks, three or four weeks or so. And I'm still learning how to give myself permission to let go. And I'm still uncovering why that permission is so hard for me to give myself. But we'll dive into that a little bit deeper. So I was talking to my therapist once and she mentioned that we can sometimes hold on to our hurt because it seemingly validates how we feel. But when we hold on to things like hurt, sadness, and heavy feelings instead of processing them, we cause ourselves more stress and heartache. It can sometimes feel counterintuitive to grieve your relationships and put them past you, but in the long run, you will feel lighter and you will be able to grow and heal from this experience. So we have to give ourselves permission to let go of the hurt, permission to release the pain we feel in our heart, and somewhere down the line, permission to begin to feel free to invite new peaceful thoughts and new emotions to enter into our space. So my breakup came at a very inopportune time, in my opinion. It was the holidays. And if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that I lost my dog Lexi last year, who had been by my side for 18 years. Yes, y'all. I had her since I was 10 years old. So this was my first holiday season without her. And we had our own little traditions that I realized I wouldn't be able to do this year, which I was already sad about before the breakup. But this breakup had me feeling super alone because I didn't have Lexi to cuddle with. And I'm still in the space of flexing my muscles to open up to my friends. So most of the first week or two, I spent actually feeling my emotions. And I'm not going to lie. I cried like a baby, y'all. I'm still crying like a baby. And I felt much better every single time. Every single crying session was needed. Now, this is very pivotal for me because I was recently listening to a podcast episode from the Black Girls Heal podcast, which I love, where she was speaking about emotional neglect. Now, I'm not an expert and our experiences affect 
each one of us very differently, but I realized that I had experienced negative effects of emotional neglect. Now, emotional neglect can look like a lot of different things and they are not all so blatant and in your face. So in my household growing up, I never felt that there was space for my emotions. So I just kept them to myself. I wanted to be small. I didn't want to be a burden, but we can dive more into emotional neglect in a future episode if you guys want so just shoot me a dm be like hey tyra look emotional neglect i felt that let's talk about it but in the meantime i want you guys to take a listen to the episode from black girls heal on emotional neglect i linked it down below in the show notes it's a short episode that's what i love about her podcast like her episodes um be on the shorter side so they're very easily digestible but it's linked down below take a listen after you finish this after you finish listening to this episode, because she just gives an overview of what emotional neglect is. But anyways, this period of expressing my emotions through tears was pivotal for me because for a long, 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 long time, y'all, I would hold it all in. And it got so bad, you guys, that a previous partner back in 2017 pointed out to me And I hadn't even realized what I was doing. So if at any time I felt overwhelmed with emotion and I felt like it was bubbling up, I would physically tense up my entire body until I didn't feel like I wanted to emote anymore. And it was so bad that I began to also hold my breath while I was doing this. And once it was pointed out to me, I was like, okay, Tyra, This is not something that you should be doing. You're hurting yourself and we have to dig deeper into it. So I made up in my mind through therapy, of course, that I would start to feel and express little by little. I didn't just, you know, bomb rush it, y'all, but I would start to express little by little and it started out very uncomfortably. Like I was so uncomfortable with it, but eventually it started to get a little bit easier Now, there is still a lot of discomfort there when I'm expressing, but I have been flexing my expression muscle. I know that's not a real thing, y'all, but follow me for a second. Since I have been flexing that new expression muscle, that muscle that we all have, but some of ours are weaker than others, I've been able to process grief versus holding on to it and prolonging my healing process. Now, Tyra, I know you aren't saying we should be crying all day until we feel better. Well, I think we should do everything in moderation, y'all. If you need to take a day or two or three, do it. But make sure there is a set time frame. I personally believe anything beyond three days straight is a lot to be crying over a relationship. Um, And I literally mean like that's all you can do. You're not eating. You're not sleeping. All you're doing is crying all day. That's what I mean. And that is an extreme, but you never know. Like, I think that would be a little much. And if that were to happen, I would recommend you talk to someone, preferably a therapist that specializes in relationships. So, um, but I do think there is always time to set aside 15 minutes, 20 minutes of feeling time. So if you feel yourself becoming overwhelmed with emotion, set a timer with a soothing alarm, because I've set some in the past with the, you know, the iPhone alarm thing, and it just blows my whole mood after it's over and it scares me and all this kind of stuff. So 
If you're feeling overwhelmed with emotion and you just need a good cry, set a timer. Have a soothing alarm for when the timer goes off and allow yourself to feel for that time. Then proactively move on to something else. Get yourself out of that state of feeling, right? Whether it's like, it could be something simple, taking a walk, make yourself a cup of your favorite tea, call your mama or another family member. Breaking up my feeling time has been huge for me so that I'm able to express my emotions and still get one to two things done for the day. I know that um, something that I have been frustrated about is how much feeling time I still need because my my mind is like, come on, we got to work. We got stuff to do. And I'm, I'm not, I'm just not able to get everything on my to-do list done right now. And that is okay. I was talking to my therapist about it and she was saying, Tyra, you are going through a grieving process. Grief knows no borders. Grief knows no colors. Grief don't know what the situation is, is grief is grief. Grieving is grieving. Whether you're grieving the loss of a loved one or whether you're grieving the loss of a relationship that you thought you would be in forever. Grief is grief. Don't compare your grief. You know what I mean? Like I even found myself saying, okay, Tyra, you only been, this boy only been in your life for a year. Calm down. But no, my feelings are valid. And I, I felt deeply for this person and I need to allow myself to grieve the situation. You felt deeply for that person. Allow yourself the space and grace to grieve that relationship without putting all of these parameters on yourself, without trying to diminish what you're feeling because we all feel big feelings and they are all valid. No matter what they're, what you're feeling about, your feelings are valid. Whew, okay, let me really back in. <laughs> so one of the biggest things that I have noticed that works for me post-breakup is writing affirmations all over my mirrors and windows, using sticky notes, whatever I got to do. I need healthy thoughts all around me during times like this because I'm still in a space where sometimes those intrusive thoughts linger a little bit too long for my liking and they start to cause a change in my mood that I do not like, right? Now, I notice now notice that I said healthy thoughts, not necessarily positive thoughts, because y'all cannot express this enough. I think we live in a time where toxic positivity is running rampant and it's honestly not good for your mental health. Sometimes shit is not happy-go-lucky and that is more than okay. And we should honor those times just as much as we honor the happy times that we experience. So, Right now, here are some of the of my favorite affirmations that are literally, y'all, currently they're written on my balcony window. So I have a sliding glass door on my balcony. And when I got back from the holidays, I said, okay, let's jump back into this, Tyra. You've been through this before. You know what works. Let's put some affirmations all over the place so you can always have it in your eye line. So right now, these are, now it's a lot of them on there, but I'm only going to read a couple. Um... Some of my favorite ones that are, are that I find my eyes gravitating towards when I walk by, if it is meant to be, it will be. 
I let go of relationships that no longer serve my highest good. I release all limiting beliefs. And the last one that I'm going to read, I release all that is not in alignment with my path. So y'all, these healthy thoughts are very important to me because they are easy to fill my brain with. You are what you consume. So seeing these affirmations each day helps me to heal through this process. I also recommend setting random alarms throughout the day with sayings that lift you up. So I, I got this idea from a previous partner and he did this. And this was before I started diving deeper into my relationship with my personal mental health. But I started to do this as well. And these affirmations can be very personal to you or they can be overarching. Um, the overall idea behind having these random alarms is to give yourself a little bit of positivity throughout the day, a little bit of a healthy mindset shift, just something to add a little bit of upbeatness to your day because you don't really know when it's coming. You set them at random times. So for example, I have an alarm set for 11, 17 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays that says, Tyra, you are a star in the making. On Mondays at 8 p.m., I have an alarm that says, you have everything you need within you to get where you want to go. And on Sundays at 1 o'clock p.m., I have an alarm that says, there is favor over your life. Now, with these alarms, I love to change the alarm tone to a gospel song. So I have a bunch of songs that play when these alarms play and I let the entire, if I have time, you know, if I'm not in the middle of something, I let the entire song play and I just sit in that inspirational thought that I have um, put for my alarm. Now, I also have a playlist that is, I just started this playlist um, a couple of days ago or a few, like a week ago or so with inspiring music and not necessarily positive, feel good music, but it's music to fill my mind with healthy thoughts. And I play it if I am feeling in a rut of sadness and I can't just flip the switch and get myself out of it. So I named it for life's rainy days and all the songs have minimal cursing and overall they are just affirmative songs. So I'll link it down below for you guys. Um, that want to take a listen, please be my guest. I'm constantly adding new songs to it. If you guys know any songs that are not necessarily like, because I, y'all listen, I asked on Instagram, what are some feel good songs, but people are giving me things like happy by Pharrell. That's not the, that's not the vibe I was going for. So if you listen to this playlist and you'll understand, but, um, I was really just going for songs that have an overall inspiring message saying, you're going to make it through this. There are things to be grateful for in life, um, but not necessarily clap along if you feel. No, that's not what I was going for. So take a listen. Let me know what you think about the playlist. Um, it's on Apple Music, but I have linked it down below for you guys, for you to check it out if you would like to. So the number one tip I have for you guys when you are in the first stages of returning to singlehood after your breakup, which is the stage that I am in right now, is to fill your space with healthy things, whether that's healthy 
sounds, healthy words, healthy foods, whatever. Fill your space with overall health. I have also heavily relied on my therapist during this time, y'all. Now, I've been with my therapist since 2019. Like, we go back like rims on a Cadillac. So she has now been with me through two breakups. Wow. (laughs) And it's easier for me to talk things out and also monitor my growth along with her. So when I told her my boyfriend and I broke up, she just held space for me and allowed me to feel, which she knew I needed. And I realized that's exactly what I needed. And right after I told her, she checked in on me every two days. She just gave me a call because she knows just how paralyzing my emotions can be for me. But she challenged me to lean on my community At this time, only one of my close friends was back in town because, you know, we was home for the holidays and everybody went home because we are all transplants from L.A. and ain't nobody got family here. But as uncomfortable as I was with doing this, I just pushed through my discomfort and I sent her a quick message saying, hey, are you busy today? And she just replied, no, um, but she was about to run to the store or something. And then I said, my boyfriend and I just broke up and I could really use a friend. And she immediately called me and she sprung into action and it was just so much needed. Now, I want to take a second to reiterate one of the life lessons that I learned in 2022, which I talked about in last week's episode. But I think this is this is like a golden lesson that I will I will literally keep in my head every day. The lesson is your friends care about you more than you think, y'all. Your friends care about you. Your friends care about you. They care about you. They care. Because I felt so uncomfortable texting my friend saying that I could use a friend because like, I, let's let's travel back to what I said about that emotional neglect. I always felt like I was a burden. I wanted to be small. I wanted to keep my emotions to myself. I didn't want to rock the boat, all of that stuff. So that was showing up in this moment. So I didn't want to text her because I didn't want to be a burden to her. I didn't want to throw off her schedule or things that she had to do. But she held space for me and she was there, which helped me to not spiral, which helped me to not sit in a rut of overwhelming feelings, ruminating on the breakup. It helped me tremendously, even though I was so uncomfortable with reaching out. So if you find yourself at home alone, isolating yourself, text a friend right now. Text them right now. Hey, this is what happened. I could really use a friend. And I'm telling you, your real friends, y'all, they care about your well-being and they will show up for you. Now, my friend Alexis asked me when she came over if I would like to talk about what I was experiencing or did I want to just do something else? And I really appreciated that she asked me that because I really didn't know what I wanted. I just listened to my therapist and I was like, okay, well, Alexis is here and she lives right next door. Let me text her. Um, But as I thought about the question she asked me, I realized that I really didn't want to sit in the sadness of that heartbreak anymore because I had already been sitting in it for like three days or something like that before I actually texted her. And um, I wanted to keep my mind busy 
with other things. I think I was at that point where I was like, okay, let me, let me go ahead and put something else on my mind. Um, so we went to grab some food at Shake Shack, which is one of our favorite places to go to together. And then we perused the aisles at Sephora. I think I bought some perfume that day. And anytime I have been feeling really, really sad, I give myself some time to feel 15, 20 minutes. And the moment I feel myself lingering in it too long, and this will look different for everybody, but literally I'll be like, okay, I really want to get up right now. If I have that thought, I text a friend to get me out of the house, even if it's just to walk down the street. Like the other day, I just said, I called Alexis and I was like, hey, I'm about to go on a walk. Would you like to join me? I've been sitting in my feelings a little too long and we just went on a walk. So I have been relying heavily on her and I have also been relying heavily on my best friend, Bria, who has been on the podcast before and she has also been so amazing. I called her one day and I just, like Bria is, the I don't know why, but she is the person that I go to and I could just like cry. I could just start crying. And I, I guess I just feel super duper safe in, in that space, but I don't know where it came from. I just started, you know, crying or whatever. And she, she was just talking to me the first time I called her. And I was just like, she asked me if I had eaten. She sent me some food on DoorDash. And I was like, my friends really care about me. So honestly, everybody has been amazing. My best friend, Daria, who is my high school best friend, and JC, who is another college best friend. They've been so great. And I just wanted to shout them out really quickly because it does take a community. It takes a village. Like we all lean on each other. So if you are feeling like, oh, I don't want to be a burden to my friend. They got all this stuff going on. Girl, stop thinking that right now. Text them right now. Push through that discomfort because I'm telling you, it's going to help you so much to ease the pain that you're feeling, to get you out of that rut that you're in, to help you stop ruminating on what happened. Please text your friend because they care. This is the year for us to get comfortable with being real, raw, and regular with our friends, our real friends, not everybody, our real friends. Everyone I just mentioned has been in my life for 10 years or more. So I don't think they're going anywhere. And I think that is such a blessing. So the best thing I can do for our relationship is to be open and honest about what's going on in my life and ask for help when I need help. So figure out who your community is. Lean on them during this time of healing from this heartbreak that you've just experienced. Lean into that discomfort of not having it all together in front of your friends because y'all, the older I get, the less I can just hold in all this stuff and pretend to be this perfect person around my friends. How can we practice healthy relationships if we never truly let someone in? So fun fact, I just signed up for a six week pottery class, y'all, and I'm very excited about it. I've been wanting to take a pottery class for literal years and I finally bit the bullet on it. So when I was thinking about how I'm going to 
go about my days putting one foot in front of the other, I realized that there were some things on my bucket list that I had put on the back burner. Not because my boyfriend at the time didn't want to do any of them, but simply because I stopped focusing on what I wanted to do. And I think that is one of the most beautiful revelations that I have come to so far from this heartbreak. I've had to learn how to keep my mind busy in a healthy way. And I'm still learning, you guys, because at the end of December, I literally sat on the couch for days binge watching Netflix, which sometimes is necessary too, okay? Now, y'all, can I be honest? Okay, I'm gonna assume y'all said yes. So when I get into relationships, romantic relationships, I typically get tunnel vision and can slightly lose track of the things that make me an individual. And it's very subtle. But when I was in this relationship, my this last relationship, I still hung out with my friends. I still did my own thing. But I would put some things like pottery class on the back burner. So I can sometimes become so enthralled with my partner that I put a priority on things that would bring us closer together, which in itself is not a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying. But I think the problem comes into play when you lose sight or when you lose sight of who you are outside of the relationship, when you lose your individuality, which is something that I'm working on and I am finding joy in as we speak. So I signed up for this pottery class, y'all. And I start in February and I spent some time last night making a bucket list and figuring out how I wanted my week to look on a consistent basis. So right now, let me just run y'all through how my week is going to look. So Sunday morning, I'm going to go to church to praise the Lord. Then I'm going to go to my pottery class on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm going to start my morning with a boxing class. Then I have work during the day, Tuesdays and Thursdays are going to be an outdoor activity day, like hiking or taking a walk to start the day, something very like low stress, right? And then work, okay? And on Saturdays, I plan to start my day with an activity with a friend, something like skating at Venice Beach, which is something that I love to do on Saturdays or even bike riding over there. And I want to make sure that I am making time to learn something new on Saturdays as well. So I just signed up for this free course that I heard about from a YouTuber, Anna Akana. She was talking about it on YouTube. And the course is called The Science of Wellbeing. And it's taught by Lori Santos, who is also the host of the podcast, The Happiness Lab. I don't think I've ever listened to her podcast, but apparently it's very, very good and very big. So I will be tuning in at some point. So the course basically teaches you how to increase your own happiness and build more productive habits. And I'm super excited to dive in. Like I said, it was free. And the last intention that I have so far on my list for my weekly schedule is to read at least 30 minutes a day, y'all. So another fun fact for y'all, I'm not a reader. I prefer audiobooks and listen to them very frequently. Like when I go on hikes or when I'm driving, I always listen to an audiobook. But I wanted to start putting my eyes on a page again, not a screen, but a page. So along with the audiobook, of course, because that's the easiest way for me to comprehend. So I was thinking that I was probably going to start reading 15 minutes during the day and 15 minutes at night before bed. But Tyra, what are you reading, girl? So y'all, 
I have created a reading list for the year and I'm so excited to share it with y'all. So I have made a list of six books that I will be reading this year. Now I said me, but I would love for y'all to join along if you would like to, if you like to read. I know um, I mentioned it in the last episode and I got a few DMs, people saying, girl, let us know what the books are. So the book that I'm currently reading is called Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nedra Glover Tawab. And I also have the workbook. Now I'm a workbook girl. If a book has a workbook and I love the book and I'm listening to the audio book and I really want to learn from it. Oh, I'm going to have it all. I'm going to have the complete and total package because I need to retain this information. So that's the first book on the list. And that's what I'm reading right now. But after that, um, I don't know if this is in order yet. I'll double check or I'll, you know, make sure what the order is before I send this out to you guys who are interested in reading along. But the other books that I'll be reading this year are Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. It's about all about attachment styles. The Strength in Our Scars by Bianca Sparacino. That's all about um, literally healing from heartbreak and learning how to move past it. The Mountain Is You by Brianna Weiss. I think that's how you say her name. It's all about self-sabotage, which I'm super excited about diving into. The Defining Decade by Meg J. It's all about your 20s and why they're important. And then The Tried and True Atomic Habits by James Clear. So these are the six books that I want to read this year. And if I have time to add more books to the list, I'm definitely going to do that. So I'm super, super excited about it. Now, if you guys are interested in following along with the reading list, I will be sending out some newsletters regarding the books and what I've learned and even some takeaway points and talk about them from time to time on upcoming podcast episodes this year. So listen, in the show notes, there is a link to join the book club. Now I'm not about to spam y'all or nothing like that. I'm just going to send y'all what books I'm reading. And I'm going to say, Hey, this is what I learned from the book. Boom. And if you would like to take that conversation further, you can always email me back from my newsletter. I don't really know if people know that, but you can email me back and I can see your, your email. Now, I also want to preface by saying this is not a hardcore book club y'all we just reading and we just you know sharing our thoughts a little bit of takeaways what we can um, put into daily life some action steps but I'm super excited to start this journey and to let you guys in the last time I did a book club was back in 2020 y'all a group of us about six women we read relationships relationship goals by pastor Michael Todd and we had the study guide book to go along with it and it was honestly an amazing experience we got on zoom every week and we talked about um the chapters and we went through the study guide so it was honestly very very dope so if you guys would be interested in doing like some zoom type stuff with your girl let me know that too send me a dm email all of the above because affirmations for black girls is a community y'all so i'm excited to dive into all of this kind of stuff with y'all but overall keep your mind busy because it leaves less room to fall into a negative mental space. Now you can keep your mind busy with the books, like I said, filling up your schedule with healthy things that bring you joy, all of the above. Because when you fall into, it's easier to fall into a negative mental space when you are so vulnerable the weeks after a breakup and you're still picking up the pieces of yourself to figure out where you're going to go next, right? So 
Ask yourself, what things can you add to your schedule to keep your mind busy? What new hobbies can you try out? Some of the hobbies that I look forward to trying out this year are pottery, of course. Um, I want to hike some new trails around Los Angeles. I really want to start going to food festivals again and trying out new eateries in Los Angeles. And I really want to dive back into painting and bigger DIY projects. I started painting back in 2020 and I started doing a lot of DIY projects in 2020, but I wanted to dive back into that because that stuff really brought me a lot of joy. And I also want to start taking care of my garden again and my plants and start growing my own edible plants from seeds. Super excited about growing some habaneros this year and even some cayenne peppers. Um, and the last one is I also want to get into dog walking. Now, I said to myself that I don't see myself getting a new dog anytime soon. So I think this is the happy medium by walking other people's dogs or babysitting other people's dogs. So hobbies can be, just in case you don't know what a hobby actually is, it's literally just about anything that you like to do for pleasure. So think about what things bring you joy, what things bring a smile to your face. And when you think about it, go from there. Happiness is a choice and loving yourself is a journey with twists and turns and loopity loops. But something I rest in knowing is happiness is our birthright. It's not set aside for a certain class of people. We will spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out the perfect path for us. And we cannot have happiness without sadness. Without pain, there is no joy. So I was talking to Bria one day after my 2020 breakup, and I mentioned that I didn't know what God was telling me to do. I was so confused. And she said something that has stuck with me. One thing about signs from God is that they will never be confusing or leave you feeling lack. And she also gave me a Bible verse, and I think this is the one she gave me, but I'm not sure because I ain't talked to her before I put my notes together for this episode. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saint. So ask yourself, are you truly feeling confused? If so, it's not God. I know that even during this time, I'm not confused. I'm grieving, yes, but confused about what God is trying to say to me, no. There is this underlying peace that I have that is very slight, but it's there, which helps me to know that it is God. So I want to reiterate that if you think you need a little extra help getting past this sensitive time in your life, getting some someone to talk to about your heartbreak and this breakup, don't be afraid to try therapy, y'all. Know that you are not alone because, listen, your girl is right here with you. And there is someone there who wants to see you through the storm. So I found my therapist on BetterHelp, and I always recommend that service. If you are new to therapy, you can fill in your preferences for your therapist, whether they're black, white, faith-based, an ally of the LGBTQIA plus community and more. Like it's a lot of, it's a, a long test that you can take or, you know, survey that you can fill out to find a perfect, perfect therapist for you. Um, and I have a link down below in the show notes if you want to look up BetterHelp. 
because it's honestly a great service. It's virtual or you can do phone calls. There's also groupinars that are included in your membership. So definitely at least take a look at it. Now, I just want to say I'm so proud of y'all for showing up for yourself and tuning into this deep dive into healing from romantic breakups. I hope I was able to give you a few action steps to help you continue to put one foot in front of the other each and every day. And remember, the flowers always bloom after the storm. Uh-oh, y'all. You know what time it is. It is time for our fun closing segment. Now, today's closing segment is going to be a little bit of an uplift because we've been talking about some heavy stuff. So today we're going to do count your blessings because there's always, always, always something for us to be grateful for. Okay, so if you need to pause the episode to think about what you're grateful for, go ahead and give it a pause. Okay, so I'm gonna jump into mine. Now, it's sometimes it can be very hard to think about what you're grateful for when you're going through something so emotional. And I'm not gonna lie, like I try, whenever I am feeling all of the feels, I really say to myself, okay, Tara, you got so much to be grateful for. What can we, what can we think about to lift our mood right now? Like we're just sitting in this, what can we do? What can we do? So I just reflected on some things that I am super grateful for right now. So I'm going to give you my three and make sure you have your three. So the first thing that I'm grateful for is my apartment. And I'm grateful for my apartment because it's in a nice area. It is so spacious and I'm the first person to ever live in my apartment. So I'm grateful for that. And early I was telling y'all that I was taking a walk with my friend Alexis and we was walking and I just realized just how much I had around my apartment which leads me to my second um, thing that I'm grateful for accessibility like I can walk literally right out of my door and I have a ton of eateries there's shops there's things to do right there's a park behind my um behind my apartment you know so there is all types of things that are easily accessible to me that I can just walk to, to, um, patronize. Right. And I also, in addition to the accessibility to the shops and the things like that, I am easily, um, opportunities are easily accessible for me as well. Living out here in Los Angeles, like I'm right in the mix. I'm here with people that, are doing the things that I want to do, creatives that are amazing and phenomenal. And I just, you know, our paths just cross. So I'm definitely super grateful for that as well. And the third thing that I, the third thing that I'm grateful for, I cannot talk today. I keep flubbing my words. The third thing that I'm super grateful for, especially in this season that I'm in right now, is the flexibility to pause because I'm well aware that not everybody can do that. And I ended up taking off most of December and listen, like I'm still taking off January. You know what I'm saying? Like I was able to take off most of that time to pause and to feel what I'm feeling because this is such a heavy thing. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm very much aware that everybody cannot do that. And some people have to take all of that with them, box it up, 
and leave it in the car while they go to work. People have to box it up and leave it for days while they, you know, tend to their kids and things like that. So I just really want to thank God that I'm dealing with this in a time where I have the flexibility to solely focus on Tyra. And I, that is something that I, even though I'm saying I'm grateful for it, that's something that I truly cannot even fathom the extent of how blessed I am to have. So what are your blessings? Let me know. Feel free to tag me on Twitter to let your let me know your blessings for the week. Um, But that's all that I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. This was the third and final episode of our Healing for Romantic Breakup series, at least for the time being. You guys really love talking about things like this. And I really hope that I have provided you with even a morsel of hope. Um, or just something, some actionable step that can help you get through another day. Remember that you are not alone. I am here for you. I am here with you. I'm in the thick of it with you. I'm rooting for you. Um, if you would like to, you know, talk, shoot us an email. Email is the best way to get a response from us. Um, at affirmations, affirmations for black girls at gmail.com. Follow us, you guys, at on instagram at affirmations for black girls we also have a youtube channel don't forget we got a youtube y'all and we will be posting very very soon so go ahead and follow us we don't have nothing on the page yet but you do not want to miss those uploads so follow us the link is down below as well for that it is affirmations for black girls on youtube but it's gonna be hard to find because we don't have no subscribers and stuff so that is all I have for you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You rate it, you review it, you review it, and you follow us on IG, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank y'all so much for listening. This was Affirmations for Black Girls. Bye.